Welcome to another, no, I can't do it. Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Miss Purrington, and Mookie as well. Uh, ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've also got a festivals page, an FPIA page. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram posts and stories and we'll share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources that we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we'll usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am talking to somebody who introduced herself to me as a Latina from New York City, New Jersey. That's not comma, that's slash. We, we know New York City is not New Jersey and vice versa. Anyway, uh, she produces uh, Austin comedy shows and open mics specifically for women, non-binary, and queer comedians. Uh, they created Open Michelle, an open mic specifically for women and non binary comics when uh, the Romo Room was still around. And uh, she currently produces Texas, Texas. I don't know. She'll, she'll have to correct me. A queer comedy show at the, at the Creek in the Cave. I almost said the queer in the cave. Um, please rebrand accordingly. All right. She's a graphic designer with a very impressive portfolio. Her flyers look really, really cool. She does them for comedy shows as well, so pay attention. Uh, she has worked for HuffPost and Comedy Central. And now... I didn't even bother to ask exactly how to pronounce her name, so we're just going to give this a shot. Comedy Wham presents our guest, Alyssa Spatola. Yeah. How close. Perfect. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so You're much. You're so positive. Oh, man. <laughs> you walked in and we're, you know, chatting, and then we both somehow ended up on this ASMR thing. That's why I tried to do the intro, and I just realized I could not commit to that. <laughs> we both hate ASMR. It's terrible. <laughs> So uh, if you love ASMR, well, this is not the episode for you. But no, you should still continue listening. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Alyssa, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm so stoked to finally meet you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been um, uh, sending you like mics and shows to promote for over a year yeah. now. So I'm like very excited yeah. to meet you in person. <laughs> it's so funny that that happens now from time to time that somebody has been submitting and we've somehow never crossed paths at a show. Mm. And of course, over the last, you know, it's probably before a year now that there's just so much that was locked down or whatever. And then my schedule has just been insane with my, my child that I can't get out more. But now more and more, my child has homework all the time so mm. I can sneak away. Oh, yeah. Gotta go <laughs> to, to comedy. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, I snuck away last night. Ooh. And got to see a show, so that was that was fun. How was that? Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, I was going to go to one show, but decided against it, 
and ended up at uh, Cap City to see Michael Ian Black, who is... Oh, he rules. He is such an incredible performer, and, like, when, when you podcast as much as I have, and you talk to so many comics and watch so much comedy, like, you start really appreciating how does somebody put words together, how do they interact with crowd, how do they throw little, little things in the middle of their sets, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, he's just great. I've I've seen him before, but mm-hmm. last night was fantastic. Ooh, what a treat! Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, <laughs> but we're here to talk about you, Alyssa. This isn't the Michael Ian Black. This is not the Michael Ian dedication show. Dang, no, that's be. what I came here for. <laughs> well, you could share with us your appreciation for, and I'll tag him on this and tell him, "Look, we talked about you." <laughs> um, I have an icebreaker question that I like to ask my guests. Sure. You've listened to the podcast, so mm-hmm. tell me before you tell me your word. Did you prepare or did you say <laughs> I was going to come in cold? I'm very type A, so I <laughs> took out a thesaurus Seriously? and I tried to find a perfect word. So, That's commitment. yeah. That and commitment. Uh, I actually did not. So, <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even work. But I know the question. Okay. Alyssa. Yes. One word to describe your past. Okay. So I've given this a lot of thought, clearly. <laughs> this is, I love um, it. <laughs> and I've landed on two words. Okay. And that is organized chaos. Oh, I like that. And there's no one word for this term. There I've, should be. Yeah. I was really searching for it. Uh, but I think my past and my life has been a pretty... Uh, <laughs> A funny balance and dance between the two of being organized and having my shit together and being uh, kind of disorganized (laughs) and everything being a shit show. Um, So uh, definitely organized chaos, I think, is the same. Yeah, I I love that because that's that's how I routinely feel. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same boat. (laughs) You grew up in New York? New Jersey? Yes. Okay. Um, so I was born in New York City, and then I grew up uh, by Jersey City, uh, like okay. right outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to New York uh, as an adult, and I kind of bounced between the two. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, for a time, I'm mean, also a big Dave Hill fan, and he was uh, doing a show with WFMU, the little okay. grassroots radio station that's based in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that area. I actually got to tour the studio a little bit as well. So it yeah. was uh, cool being up there. Is that William Patterson University? Uh, it is close to a campus, but it's its own okay. little building. Okay, I think I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like alternative Very stuff? alternative. Okay, yeah, like very cool. They have yeah. a, you know, let's... Let's have an hour dedicated to clog songs. <laughs> like, like, hell yeah. Polka songs. Rock out. Yeah. <laughs> Random fun. sounds that somebody put in on a keyboard. It's very, very New York City, New Jersey. Cool. Love it. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what role did comedy play in your life growing up? Ooh, um, it was kind of the glue, I think, mm. for my family. Um, I grew up... Um, um, I had my dad, but I grew up living with my mom. Okay. Um, and so, like, every Friday night, it was, like, Friday Night Blend on um, mm. Comedy Central mm-hmm. and just uh, and Mad TV and SNL. Um, so it was just really present. And my mom worked in television, so she was obsessed mm-hmm. with stand-up. And um, she would take me into the city, and we'd go see uh, comedians. Um, like I've seen like lots of tapings of shows. I saw Amy Schumer before she was big, you know? Um, and 
it was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, that's cool because that's part. the life I'm <laughs> I'm making my child have. I oh, take true. him to shows and yeah. yeah. And does he enjoy it? For the most part, yeah, cool. yeah. Well, yeah. He, I, he would have liked my. You were just going to take it back whenever we can. He would have enjoyed Michael Ian Black's show last night. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, as a fan of comedy growing up, um, did you feel kind of cool being able to say, "Oh, I got to see you know so and so comic"? Because what I find is that young people, until like they get out of high school, they don't really understand what the comedy world and universe is like. Mm. So was it kind of a cool thing for you to be able to say, oh, I got to go see so, you know, this famous comic or, you know, this cool comic mm. uh, with your friends? Um, I think it was pretty commonplace. Because mm, it's big New it's York so City. It's big there. And I knew, uh, like growing up, I knew comedians. Like my mom's friends were stand up. I mean, uh, like not big comedians, yeah. but like they were doing it, yeah. you know, or like actors. Like it just seemed like kind of like a common yeah. uh, and accessible thing. Yeah. Yeah. And at what point did you get an inkling to get yourself into that universe? Yeah. Um, I realized... Um, I was obsessed with comedy hmm. and um, I had a lot of like weird thoughts in my head uh-huh. and I was like, I wonder if anyone wants to hear this. <laughs> it would be really cool to not just be screaming internally all the time. Um, so I took a class in like 2017 uh-huh. at the People's Improv Theater and that was the first time I said my jokes in front of people and they liked it mm-hmm. and laughed. And I think every comedian can say they're like, whoa, like that's the moment, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and I recorded and I even have um, myself saying, wow, after they laughed at the first joke, I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, for me, I don't think it's really about the attention of it. Uh-huh. I think it's the validation that my words are worth hearing. Yeah. And people agree that this is fun and silly and yeah. something to be entertained by. Uh-huh. Um, so that was a hoot. And then I didn't really start um, properly doing stand-up until 2019, like a couple years later. Wow. So this is like an under five years time thing for you. Yeah. Relatively recent. Um, didn't get to do much over 2020. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's still pretty new. Wow. Yeah. Um, how did you find, well, you started, you did the people's improv and did you do improv or did you focus on the, uh, just stand up? Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. And did you, uh, start into the, that grueling open mic scene at all? You just stayed in your little bubble until 2019. Yeah. That's when I started doing mics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was the gap? Why did you, cause you got that reaction of the, wow, people, you know, liked my thoughts. Mm. Why was, why did you wait two years to get back? For sure. Um, so I was thinking about that on the way here. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just like, cause I never really reflected on my journey, my comedy <laughs> journey. Um, so it's just like, I should maybe think of what to say. And I realized I was actually, um, in a relationship, um, not to speak ill of this person, but, uh, they were a comedian and, uh, didn't want me to do stand up because it was their thing. Oh, we've got a sounder for that one. Oh yeah. What do we got? (laughs) Does that work? work? (laughs) Does that work? Yeah. (laughs) So in retrospect, I was like, it's 
pretty toxic, pretty yeah. bad. Um, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm not allowed to do this. Um, and I kind of like internalized that. Yeah. And so uh, when the relationship ended in 2019, I was like, woo, I yeah. can do whatever I want. And it was really freeing. And um, I met uh, more women in the comedy scene. And I realized like, I want this to be the majority, yeah. I, you know, or at least, you know, I, I just, just a few more. And I realized like, that's the audience that I want to cater to that. Those are the people that I want to like lift up, mm-hmm. uh, because there's so many people who, you know, don't feel like what their, like their words are worth hearing. Right. Um, uh, and especially and, like in my case, it was pretty explicit. Um, yeah. so I really liked having like being able to be free and fi- yeah. finally do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to layer on top of that, it, it isn't, it's even more than the having, finding spaces to be able to share the thoughts that maybe you might not otherwise, but also finding safe, sp- safe spaces. Cause, mm. uh, talking with Ivy Lee, who has the only queer, uh, comedy show open mic, you know, there's a lot of toxic masculinity and, mm. you know, not so good, uh, environments for, for the, for a tra- sometimes traditional open mic mm. that, you know, knowing that, uh, you can go speak, you can speak your thoughts, they'll mm-hmm. be received, but also that, you know, you won't have somebody lurking in the background ready to give you notes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. That's so true. Um, yeah, I love that mic. Uh, Ivy and Era, they're just they just roll so hard. Yeah. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that they they put that together. Um, but yeah, when I first uh, so during the pandemic, I was living in Brooklyn and they had a women and queer mic on a rooftop. Mm. Um, and it was you know the first mic I had done since the pandemic started, and it was just like it was like my people, and like it was just out and free and like. I realized like this, this is awesome. Um, and then when I moved here to Austin, I started doing mics and it was mostly dudes, uh, saying like racist, Mm -hmm. sexist stuff. And I don't know if it was just like the crew that was coming out during the pandemic. It was just like kind of a weird, I, I, I don't see those folks anymore. Um, but it left a bad taste in my mouth where I was just like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and that's when I, you know, I was working with the Roma room at the time and, um, got to start, uh, women's only mic and that was how I met a ton of women here and yeah. just like started a I don't know like the, it was it was it was like what you were describing like it's, it's a safe space um for folks who may have not done it otherwise and they told me that after they did their set and like I remember this one woman in particular like she was so funny she was so young and she was just came up she was just like she's like, I've never done that before. And like, I didn't, oh, I didn't want to do it anywhere else, uh-huh. you know? And like, she's, she was a lesbian and she like, didn't feel comfortable mm. going to another mic. And I was just like, this is your space. And also I hope it's a springboard to go to another mic mm-hmm. where there are other people, you know, and you have the confidence because you know that you have been accepted in this circle and you deserve to be in other places yeah. as well. Yeah. So definitely creating places that just feel welcoming, you know? Cause like sometimes there, there's the idea that you should just like power through all the dudes and just like, you know, uh, you know, just try to take the notes, you know, yeah, and just like, yeah. you know, deal with it. But people have pasts and people have traumas and people have experiences that make it really difficult to be in those spaces. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice to at least start 
mm-hmm. I think, in a place that's super duper welcoming. Yeah. And then and then we'll throw you to the wolves yeah, and you exactly. can <laughs> see if you want to keep going. I mean, yeah. it's great to have the training wheels in a safe yeah. space, right? I mean, you want mom or dad or, you know, a guardian to be there to catch you in case you, you fall or you're, you know, not, you're getting your sea legs on, on that, on that yeah. bike. And then you know, take the training wheels off. And mm. at that point, you've built up confidence in what you're saying on the stage that you can, you know, just tell. Yeah. Tell the white dude. <laughs> Truly. Um, <laughs> I like some of the white dudes, so please don't <laughs> come at me. <laughs> um, I feel like, um, and in that though, it was a challenge to not infantilize folks mm. either. Because I remember um, like someone after she did her set, I said, yay, and I clapped and everything, and she, like, made fun of me, and she was just like, yay, you know, and I was just like, I was like, dang, I didn't mean, I'm not trying to be like, you're a little baby, you're doing it, you know, so there's, I also want to make sure I'm not doing that to people and empowering them as full-grown adult women, (laughs) and so, yeah. Yeah, that that phenomena also is very indicative of what's been happening to the Austin comedy scene, and obviously you're newer to the scene, Mm. uh, you know, timeline wise compared to the things that I've seen before the pandemic where so many new people were coming into the scene and yeah people don't know you know where are the good good rooms for me to work work my materials at versus you know the ones that were just popped up uh randomly in some you know rando bar and Mm -hmm. you hear really vile things because those other rooms would not allow the vile things to to be said and so Mm -hmm. you know those those types of spaces could exist for a while but it does seem that things today are leveling out Mm -hmm. where you know you mentioned that you don't see these people some of those people anymore and that's hopefully because they've been weeded out Mm. and now people realize yes I there are definitely comics that like to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as a comedy scene, you've we've realized that you can push the envelope, but you're still going to have to appease masses mm-hmm. to some extent. So you're going to have to work the rooms that are a little more woke, as they say, mm-hmm. even though in rooms that, you know, say, to hell with it, to mm-hmm. any standards, I crush. Mm-hmm. So it's... Uh, Hopefully we're we're leveling out, right? But, yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah, and it's not to say that I don't like um, crass, you know, yeah. humor. I just like well done crass. It's it's great, fantastic. Yeah. I like smart. Yes, I like smart yeah. comedy, even when it's you know crass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also like diversity, and I yeah. think that um, just having the same perspective is not uh, um, only, you know it's not only like sad in general that it's just not representing other people. I think it's just not good entertainment, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's good to mix it, to to have a bunch of people. And I did like that there were folks who came to open Michelle who, um, had, you know, had jokes that weren't woke and they kind of ruffled some feathers Uh and I was just like, yeah, that's okay. You know, like it's still your space to, to, you know, to do that. So it wasn't, yeah. So I I still like the variety, but I I just want to create an environment where, people are comfortable to try things out yeah yeah I uh before the pandemic I was doing comedy Mm. and there was a a, an all-female open mic that was done at fallout theater oh amazing and when everything shut down and I saw open Michelle you know get submitted to the events page I followed the signups 
closely because I was teetering on the edge of, well, maybe this is my way to kind of continue because I loved the safe space of an all-woman oh, wow. open mic, especially since I'm not traditional, I'm not young, I'm I'm old, I'm a parent, you know, it's, I wanted to know that I could do my version of, of mm. dumb jokes and feel that comfort that I did when I would do, would do the, the all-female mic yeah. um, that was at Fallout, and I never did, and I, I regret that because now we don't have the Roma room mm. anymore. Um, so I'm curious, do you, I know you have the, the other show that you're, you're doing. Do you think you, you would bring back Open Michelle somewhere mm, else? Yeah. Um, oh, man, I, I wish we could have met earlier. Oh, man, that would have been so fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would have been, like, so warmly welcome, yeah. welcomed. I would love to see your stand-up. <laughs> um, it's so cool. Um, but there, there's so many moms. There's so many people who, yeah. like, came out of the woodwork, and they're just, just like, I don't know, like, <laughs> this is me. And they yeah. were freaking awesome. Yeah. So I love that. Um but uh, I should mention, uh, I have a co-host, Sarah Spear, mm-hmm. who, um, who uh, she's also my co-producer for Texas. Uh-huh. And uh, I started Open Michelle, but she came in after and she was the host okay. for me uh, when I couldn't do it. And she was like really passionate about it. So we've been talking about continuing it going mm. forward. Just a matter of finding the right venue yeah. and also finding the time. Because yeah. um, I think we're both juggling a lot. Uh, but she's wonderful. Yeah. 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 And she's I, like my partner in crime. Yeah. I had her on, on my uh, showcase show that I ran for oh, yeah. about a year. Awesome. And she's great. Yeah. yeah. And I love her skateboarding videos too. She's so cool. She's so <laughs> yeah. freaking cool. I can't. Yeah. She's the best. So what, um, so Open Michelle is something that obviously gives you a chance to to practice your own comedy, but you're also running that mic. So mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you learn hosting. Um, did you find it, um, actually I, I, before I get to that question, why Austin, by the way? Oh, um, it's definitely a slower pace and I had been in like corporate New York city for so long Mm -hmm. and I realized that's just kind of where I'm from. It's not necessarily who I am Mm. fully. And I, uh, liked Austin even before comedy was a thing okay. here yeah so i had been planning to move here for a uh, while okay yeah and it just so happened that it, it blew up as a comedy yeah. place as well so it really worked out yeah mm-hmm. okay now i can go back to my <laughs> my other question so um you're performing and how are you finding it performing in austin because you did you went back to doing comedy in 2019 mm-hmm. in new york and now you're doing comedy in austin how did the scenes compare as far as your own development. Yes. So I actually uh, moved to Jersey City in 2019. Okay. So I s- mostly stuck in Jersey City, okay. um, which was like a very DIY scene. And it was uh, relatively small, mm. but folks were super talented and funny. And it felt like an incubator to going into huh. New York comedy. Um, and so uh, that was it was just wonderful. Um, I really liked it there, and it felt super diverse and um, a lot of really supportive people. Um, and here, it was just such a, a melting pot of people from so many other places where it didn't feel like we're in Jersey City. Everyone was like from Jersey or New York, um, but yeah, here everyone was like from LA yeah. or you know they're from all over the place, and it felt like 
summer camp. Um, it felt like the first, like truly, because we were all brand new and we're all meeting each yeah. other and we're like, and it was summer. It's always summer here. So it, it was just, it was a blast. Um, and it was, you know, we had so many like group chats and we're like, we're going to this mic, we're doing that, you know, and we're all experiencing it together for the first time. So last summer was really magical, Yeah, I would say. Um, but it was missing, I think the camaraderie with women. So I think mm. building that space yeah. amplified how, how great it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to now, uh, delicately take you to task, but actually just challenge you. Mm. So now that things are way more wide open, are you realizing that there was a thriving, strong women in comedy scene before the pandemic? Yeah, they have fully come out yeah. for sure. Because I came here and I was like, well, what's going on? No one's here. But no, fully. <laughs> I, I, I totally see that now. Yeah. Uh, and I've made so many friends and just like with, with amazing comics, um, you know, who never went to the mic uh, now, you know, so yeah. it's just like there there is a whole world and there's like the old Austin scene of these people who I would see before I moved here. So like years ago, I'd be like, like Ariel, uh, like Candace Medina. And I was just like, Oh my God, (laughs) I get to like hang out with them now. Like it's, it's so sick. Um, I love like backyard sluts, you know, and, um, just, just, yeah, they just do incredible stuff. And for sure. I'm, I'm stoked that, that I've gotten to meet them. Yeah. Yeah. So how did Texas come to be in your like evolution as a comic? Sure. Um, so Sarah and I, uh, so Sarah just, she's just so cool. And she, uh, invited me into her skate group. Um, cause I, I, uh, used to figure skate and play roller derby. So I was like, maybe I, maybe I could do this. Yeah. And I, and I joined her little crew uh-huh. and we realized like, it, it's such like a ragtag group of people. And they're like, it's a lot of like queer people and Hispanic people. And like, we, I don't know. They're, and they're all just so wonderful. And, um, we're just talking about starting our own show and how cool that would be. Like, cause we had done our own open Michelle showcase. Um, but we were talking about starting like a queer show. Um, and one of our friends on the skate team had like a contact. And so, uh, we kind of went from there. Yeah. Um, and we weren't really having luck. And then Sarah just, you know, cold call, just emailed, uh, Creek in the Cave, and uh-huh. they were like, hey, can we do this? And they were like, yeah. Oh, we are like, whoa, nice. Creek in the Cave, that's so sick. <laughs> um, and now, you know, this month will be a year uh, yeah. that we've been doing that show. Amazing. Thanks, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a hoot. It's been real fun uh, rounding people up and just, like, having a fun, wacky, yeah. like, gay show, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. been good. <laughs> what yeah. is the, the funnest thing that has happened on, on the show? Um, there's a... Uh, there's Jose DeHype um, is a comic who um, did like a whole song and dance, like literally like sang a song for pride. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was just really magical. Huh. Uh, it was super fun. So yeah, yeah they're huh. great. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've got this one year running show. Mm. Uh, maybe we'll see the return of open Michelle somewhere mm. else. What, uh, what kinds of things do you do you have percolating in your brain about about more more to do in the scene? Yeah, um, I uh, used to take a lot of headshots in Jersey City uh, for folks because um, they would get booked in New York and they didn't really have photos to, yeah. for for posters. So I've been doing that. I've been starting doing that again. So uh, getting people's headshots here in Austin and yeah, yeah. 
they're they're always they're there needs to always be somebody who's really good at doing headshots in the comedy scene. Because uh, for a long, long time, the standard, and you may have come across this name, Erin uh, Holsenbeck, she, mm. she's a, she does an indoor lady. And, like, you could always tell her pictures. Cool. And the comics would all, like, you know, save their pennies to get, <laughs> get an Erin headshot series. And I've actually worked with her, too, and she's amazing. Uh, but headshots are expensive. Mm. So having options, you know, beyond the, the super high standard is, is nice. And it's a nice thing. Everybody needs a headshot. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't charge very much, uh, partially because <laughs> I know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I know like what comics make and it's like, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, it's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. And you do comedy flyers and I saw mm. like on your website, a lot of their flyers, not all comedy, obviously some that are just, you know, straight up professional business flyers. Mm. And, uh, you've got, I don't know. Do you think you have a distinctive graphic design look that to your your work um I think for the um for the comedy posters I kind of like the retro look because it just feels like old Austin yeah so I, I like to try to bring yeah. that in and just like whoa yeah. comedy live come see it now <laughs> you know like starbursts and yeah. retro fonts yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> very cool okay we're going to do that little intermission thing that yeah. I, I mentioned. So uh, my friend Richard, who runs all the website stuff behind the scenes, uh, gave me this game called Where Should We Begin? It's these open-ended questions. So you've got two cards in front of you. I randomly picked them from the deck. You're going to pick one, and then I'll pick the other. Cool. And I'll let you go first. Okay. Okay. A conversation I need to have with my parents. Oof. Oh, I have to say? Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I guess when I'm nervous, I talk like I'm from Fargo. (laughs) I just learned. (laughs) Yeah, that's really hilarious. Oh, dang. Um, We're actually really open. This is probably a cop-out, but, like, I'm pretty open with them. I, like, talked to both of them right before I came here. I was like, I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Um, So I I probably need to have less conversations with them. I, I I love my parents and uh, yeah, I'm pretty open with them. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, I try to have that with my my son. Like uh, we were talking about something yesterday, uh, and I was just joking. Some, I think it it was drug related, and I said, "Well, you're going to tell me, right?" Oh, here's our co-host <gasps> <Hi>. Mookie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, and he said, well, obviously I would tell you if I did that. I'm like, okay, oh, good. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to have that, that relationship. Yeah. You know, we're terrible liars. So I don't think we that's, could. That's also a really good quality. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Let's see what mine is. A decision I've been avoiding. Oof. Ugh. What is a decision I've been avoiding? Gosh. Man, I can't think of one. <laughs> so I'm going to have a cop out. A decision I've been okay. avoiding. I don't think I, I do. I think mm-hmm. I'm a pretty You're decisive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thumbs down on these questions <laughs> <laughs> for today <Ooh>. only. <laughs> okay. Um, 
there's actually something you 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 made the joke about how you slip into a Fargo accent. So I know people from New York and New Jersey, and especially those that were born and raised mm-hmm. in that area. You don't seem to have an apparent accent. Mm. Why do you think that is? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's really specific to like dog and coffee and like very like <laughs> going down the shore and like it's just like really ah, specific things. Bless you. But it's it's deep in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm out with uh, my Jersey friends in uh-huh. particular, we all just start talking like trash it's awesome (laughs) yeah it's really fun yeah okay uh i'm just gonna slip into goofy things until i get us back to comedy okay so obviously new york new jersey mecca for pizza hell yeah uh austin there are some very very good pizza places in austin what's your best slice you've had in austin oh that makes you think of home oh i guess hoboken pizza Okay. Yeah, because it's Hoboken, New Jersey, ah. uh, and it's just like pretty standard, just like a slice. Yeah. Not nothing fancy to huh. it. Uh, pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Huh? Where are they? Uh, they're right across the street from um, Creek in the Cave, so it feels nostalgic. Oh, okay. Right. You go see comedy. You go across the street, and you just get a slice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, I'm into that place. Very nice. Yeah. Clearly, I don't go to Creek often enough because I did not know. Yeah, it's um, it's on Red River, that 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 oh, street, like okay. right. Yeah. Of course, every time I go to the Creek, the the food truck there has, uh, I think it's a Frito pie mm-hmm. that I'm embarrassed at how many orders <laughs> I place. <laughs> when I nice. Go there. Yeah. So there's not a chance that a slice of pizza would fit in after that. <laughs> Fair. Um, so now that you've been doing comedy, I guess about three years mm-hmm. and producing a couple of shows, what are some things that you find yourself changing about, if anything, about the way you, you do comedy, you perform comedy? Hmm. Um, I think I realized, uh, I don't get as much joy out of performing, um, hmm. as I do seeing other people ah. rise up. Um, I think I like the idea of producing more than performing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so exciting to me just to see someone, uh, that I've never seen before at a mic just crushing it. And I'm like, why are they not getting booked? Yeah. You know, and like trying to help them get booked and help them get seen. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of been my jam, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I 100% know that feeling. Uh, and it's great because... Mm you know, you're there to facilitate as a host and producer and let other, letting other people shine is kind of cool to do as well. All right. So, uh, are you, are you hanging up your hat or are you just, I'm, I'm still doing it. I'm still pursuing it, but this other thing is where I'm going to throw in all my energy. Um, yeah, I think I like, I mean, I still host, uh, Texas Mm -hmm. and that's fun, but I think that's what I'm moving towards. Hmm. It's like, I kind of want to do the tangential things, yeah. but not necessarily embarrass myself on stage yeah. Yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you and I have had some conversations about possibly helping Comedy Wham. So, mm. Oh, yes, you yes. Know, the, those tangential things might uh, mean helping out Comedy Wham, which would be great. Yes, only one person. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. And you do so much. Oh, God. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah organized chaos yes there you go 
Uh, okay, so I have a couple of um, kind of boilerplate questions that I ask, and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn them on their head um, because w one of them is, what do you love about being a performer? And just to elaborate on that idea of the tangential, what do you love about being the host producer? Mm -hmm. um, I like, I think in both cases, I like the control. Mm. Um, I'm pretty anxious and it feels nice to, you know, if I have a set written out, I'm just like, I know what I'm going to say in this case. And like, I have the mic and like, there's power to it. Uh -huh. Um, and it feels kind of like therapeutic. Um, and it's the same way for producing where it's just like, I, there, this is chaotic and it could be like a mess, yeah. but it's nice to be able to sit down and organize everything and then to see it and be entertained at the mm -hmm. end of the night. You're like, this is wonderful. I get paid sometimes. You're like, this is sick. <laughs> um, so yeah, just everything coming together just feels really satisfying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side, what do you hate about being performer, host, producer? Um, let's see. Um, I guess I hate... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I remember being so afraid to get on stage and now my fear is um not just stage fright, but the fear of just not being funny. Hmm. Um you know, so I always worry that I don't have enough new material. So it's just like this conversation in my head where I'm yeah. just like I need to turn out more, I need to do better. So I guess it's uh not feeling good enough. Mm -hmm. Um which is a good in which is, could be a good thing. Um, and then what I hate about producing, um, I mean, I mean, I mentioned pay, but it's, <laughs> it's yeah. not, not always the case. Yeah. I, I always like to book only a few comics at a time and they get a decent, um, yeah. they get paid well, I think. And then there's not necessarily any left over, mm -hmm. which is like, okay, but it would be nice if, you know, can balance it out a little more in the yeah. future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Art should be paid for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's why I book five people on my shows. Yeah. And you know, to make sure that, you know, it's not gonna be like twenty comics and mm. be like, I don't know, go get one beer. Yeah. You know, and that's all. So it just doesn't feel right if they're performing, yeah. bringing in people. So yeah. Have you done or seen comedy in, in cities other than the the New York City, you know, behemoth area and Austin? Yeah. Um I like to see stand up wherever I go. Mm. And I think probably the most memorable was in London, huh. uh, where everything was political and very smart and went over my head and I felt <laughs> dumb as hell. I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Everyone else is cracking up. Um, so, and they were speaking different languages too. So I was just like, damn, oh, this is wow. smart and I'm dumb. I'm just a dumb American. I need to go. Um, so yeah, that was neat. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. huh. Um, I don't know if you followed the the funniest person in Austin, mm -hmm. but one of the great lessons that the the eventual winner Tyler Gross made is he had a an internship with Boom Chicago, which is like mm. this massive improv incubator based in Amsterdam. And cool. he said the biggest lesson he learned from there is how to make his comedy universal. Wow. So that London show yeah. failed you because oh. yeah. you should have felt like, you know, hey, I, I get this. I follow along. Yeah. And politics is somewhat universal, but, you mm -hmm. know, still, you should have. They failed you. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's hard to say. You know, bar show out here, 
know, nobody's going to try to <laughs> make the comedy super universal. Right, right. <laughs> but that that is kind of a an important lesson about making making comedy accessible to mm-hmm. all. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um uh, what have we not talked about? Because I feel like when you're um, kind of at this uh, pivot point, like there's not much to talk about with the comedy mm-hmm. necessarily. And if you're tr- making this gradual shift, uh, maybe I can ask, do you think you'll, you'll come back to comedy mm-hmm. and performing? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think I need new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um I'd like to, cause I feel like everything that I've said, so like a lot of stuff in my set, um, so far as, has been stuff that happened in my early twenties. Mm. Um, so it's just like, I need to like figure out the next chapter and have more things to pull from. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. think I need to like figure out what the next set would be, I think. And so, you know, this phrase organized chaos, this is just stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, have you thought about taking improv classes because to me improv is all about organized chaos true i don't know if i'm that quick on my feet really i don't know yeah i mean i'm like in awe of people who can do it but usually i need to like sit and meticulously write out every thought and like (laughs) yeah you did improv right no oh i thought you said you did Mm -mm. okay no Mm -hmm. no sketch sketch stuff okay cool well no no no. well i mean yeah i have done some sketch but never Mm -hmm. in a trained environment might my son and I, for <gasps> a while, we, we did a little sketch thing. How cute. Yeah, it was really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> what a cool mom. I love that. But I was also asking for you then, if you like the scripted stuff, mm-hmm. have you thought about sketch? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I think I want to like help other people do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and help from that perspective. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what else have we... This is going to be short. What else do we want to talk about? Do we want to go into an ASMR? The, re, the rest of the... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. Um, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go into kind of some political, cultural stuff. Okay. And an identity things. Because when you approached me about doing the podcast, your opening line was, I'm a Latina from New York City. Tell me about that identity and if that is something, sounds like your parents have been super supportive mm. of you. Um, what has that experience been like both in a city, New York, New Jersey, where, or areas where from the outside looking in, it's very accepted mm-hmm. to coming to Austin where, yeah, in certain pockets it's accepted, but then you have like, you know, the Republican areas that... Mm-hmm. Maybe a little more squeamish about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think because of that, my identity feels that much more important. Mm. Um, Whereas I never really thought about it back home, Mm. where it was just kind of commonplace. Like everyone's like mixed and, you know, (laughs) all fluid and such. (laughs) Um, So it just felt more important. And maybe it's something I emphasize more because I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose that aspect of myself or hide that aspect of myself um, the way it might be uh, encouraged to in some places. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And, and moving here um, was the first time I met people who 
were the only people who were queer in their, you know, circles growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I had a friend who was just like, you know, I was the only person who looked the way that I did. And I was just like such an outcast um, in like the suburbs and like um, in the north and uh, other places. So um, they were like, Austin was my safe haven, mm. you know, and it kind of like showed me, it was like, not that I was taking it for granted back home, but it was just showing that so many people, so many people have had such a different experience yeah. here. Um, and I think that's why like the queer show is such a treat for some people and the, um, the all women mic and the non-binary mic was such a treat, uh, because it's just like relatively new for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's something I don't want to like lose even though it might be the minority sometimes yeah Mm -hmm. are you the the challenging type where you would say you know I know that I'm safe by doing my show at the creek in the cave um I was safe in doing my my open mic open Michelle at Romo room but I kind of want to stir some shit up and bring my all queer comedy show to an area that maybe Mm. isn't as welcoming as yeah as Austin oh my gosh I love that idea wow yeah and I because I feel like the comedy is often so smart and just like it's mm-hmm. so awesome that like it's undeniable that this is funny yeah like even if yeah. someone is like <laughs> maybe close-minded they'd be like oh that's pretty good yeah you know <laughs> yeah. um so I, I love that idea yeah. in the same way that I want the people who headline my show to get booked on other shows that are not just about yeah. being queer because yeah. uh, that's not the idea that I don't want it to be siloed forever right right like I want these people to be seen and to grow in their careers mm-hmm. um so that, that'd be a very cool idea yeah. for sure yeah because yeah. I know there's uh, political controversy up in, I think it's George, pretty sure it's Georgetown, but I could be wrong. But it's a northern suburb uh, t- town where um, uh, drag queens went to the public library to mm. read books. Yes. And that brought out all sorts of the nasty types of people that were like oh no you can't do this my children it right and uh so that kind of stirred shit up yeah uh so you know i'm thinking well maybe (laughs) this is (laughs) a way to stir shit up and uh you know open eyes to to different voices right yeah that's fun i like that yeah Mm -hmm. so a little idea planted yeah thank you (laughs) um is there anything else that we uh, haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? Mm, I guess, um, if you want to do stand up, just go for it. Mm. Um, and if you feel uncomfortable in the current places that you're seeing that there are other options for you to try. Um, and I think that's great. And, and, um, there are people sprinkled into the, you know, the other spaces as yeah. well. And there's, there's people to befriend. And, uh, if you're intimidated, there are definitely people to connect with. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really important message with the way the scene is, is shaping up is, you know, not, not every open mic is the same and you should go to a variety of them to, to figure out, you know, which one is your favorite. Mm-hmm. For and sure. which one you feel like, yeah, I can, I can, I can say my, my dumb words and my rough, uh, first draft of, of a joke, uh, in front of them and feel, feel okay. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like this has really raced by. Um, so um, let's see. Oh, this is way too many ums. I hate to throw your, your closing <laughs> question at you this soon. But I think we're going to do it. Okay. Oh, wait. No. I like one of my other questions. Okay. Hit me. Okay. Uh, what was your light bulb moment where you knew that you wanted to be host producer, like at that different level versus the mm. being a comic? Um... I did a show not too far from here. It was in Lakeway um, at Castro's. Ah, yes. Um, and... some history there. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was uh, for G-Spot Comedy. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So I produced the show for, for them, and um, it was the first time I had done so. And we got the biggest turnout where people, it was standing room only in the back. Like, it was wild. And we got uh-huh. to pay the comics, and we got paid. And, like, it was a hit. And, like, I took photos, I did the poster, I, like, did all the promotion, and it was just like, whoa, that felt awesome. That was so cool, and it felt even more um, gratifying than having a good set, because it's just like, look how many people are happy. Like, this is so, this is so awesome. Like, everyone, I felt, like, benefited from that night. So, um, I think that was a moment where I was like, oh, I could do this. And that was before Texas and before we did the uh-huh. showcase for Open Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's actually a really cool light bulb moment. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's where I met Maggie May, mm-hmm. um, May, Mayfield, Mayfield. And uh, she was a sweetheart there. Uh-huh. So, I was just like, yeah, and I listened to her on your podcast. And yeah, yeah really cool. <laughs> nice. Cool gal. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go. Okay. One word to describe your future. Oh, snap. <laughs> I think it's going to continue being organized <laughs> chaos, and I'm cool with that. Keep it going. It's working. I like it. That's so funny. There seems to be a string of my recent guests who, past and future word, they're like, I'm just, it's the same word. Yeah. It's the same word. It's working. <laughs> okay. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Alyssa Spatola. Okay. Tell us where we can find you on social media and uh, give us that uh, promo of the the show shows you've got. Yes, for sure. Um, so I am Alyssa Spatola on Instagram and Twitter and all over the internet. Um, and our next Texas show will be Tuesday, Tuesday, um, October 25th. Uh, it's coming up soon and um, it's going to be every month after that at Creek in the Cave at 9 p.m. So come out. It's very fun. Awesome. Very yeah. good. Okay. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Alyssa got to be the comedic genius that you are today just as much as I have. <laughs> this has been Comedy Wham presents Alyssa Spatola. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you.